Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Hey, we've got a repeat guest with us today. We've got Jeff Ruby with Red Rock Leadership joining us today. And we got some great stories. We're just going to barely get started with him before the first break. But Jeff, you welcome back to I Work Ram. Thanks, Jim. Good to be here. You just got back from a missions trip. You've gone to the same place for four, four different times. Where did you go and what, what did you do? Well, I went to South America, a little country called Paraguay. Uh, I'm, I'm learning how to say it. It's really, uh, I call it, we'd Par- all call it Paraguay. Yeah. 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 I call it Paraguay, but, uh, it's a, uh, a small old country, uh, down there and, uh, went to a town called, uh, Ciudad del Este and been going down there for the last five years. Actually, I skipped one year, uh, when the pastor came up here to work with me, but, uh, we're building a church down there. Like a building. Well, actually, no, we're building a church. So you're building a body of Christ on there. A body of Christ. So how, what are you doing? When you, when you say you're helping build a church, what are you doing? What, what we're doing is uh, we have been for the last, uh, really, I, I say five years, even though I've gone there for, it's been five-year uh, adventure working uh, with Pastor David, and uh, he's Pastor David Baruti right down there in Ciudad del Este. He has a, a small church, and uh, what we're doing is we're, our mission is to evangelize the community through acts of service. So for the most part, we're just taking care of the community and uh, loving on them, showing them the love of Christ, and uh, they are coming to know Christ through those acts. 
So what does the name of the town mean? I know Del Este is east. So what is what is the name? Do you well, know what it means? Yeah, City of the East. City of the East. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that makes it simple. <laughs> okay. All right. So they don't have any other cities on the east side of Paraguay. They, that's the only one. All right. So you go down there with a group from your church, or is this a group, an outside group? No, it's a group from my church. Okay. So yeah. did you get to bring any of your family members with you, or is it just you? No, just just me, and uh, there were four others on the trip this time. But my uh, my wife and I uh, been praying about it, and I really believe that next year uh, she she's going to go with me, and that's awesome. that's the uh, if God if God wills, and uh, even maybe my my daughters as well. That would be cool. So, what were some of the projects that you were involved in? Well, you know, one of the main things that we did was leadership training, and so you really got to put your business practice to practice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we worked uh, did some leadership training in a university and and also in a high school. And also with members, uh, the leadership of the church, some of the men of the church. So how big is this church now? About uh, 30 to 40 people consistently, uh, give or take. So are they involved in within the workings of the city? Because I know a lot of pastors in South America are, they're, they're bivocational. They're pastors and then they have another business or something like that. Right. So, well, Pastor uh, Pastor David, who, who I work with down there, was bivocational for a number of years. And... It's a, the culture down there is, the, the, stand, the, the cost of living, believe it or not, isn't much different than it is here, but the, but the standard of living and, and what it costs to actually live down there is, he, he doesn't make a lot of money. So within the last year, we actually um, support him as a full-time pastor now. We've got in studio with us today, live, the most famous leadership guy right here in Tampa Bay. We've got Jeff Ruby with Red Rock Leadership. You can find out more about him online at redrockleadership.com. He's talking, we just got started talking, Jeff, about your trip you just took a couple weeks ago to Paraguay. Or how did you say it? Paraguay. Yeah, I can't do that. Paraguay. He went to Paraguay. I'm, I just will never get that one down. But you're talking about how you're helping build a church, but you're not building a building. You're helping them reach out to the community to build the body of Christ in that city. That's right. That's right. They, they have a building that they worship in. But the most important thing that we're doing down there is building the body of Christ. So how do you do that? I mean, how's your Spanish? Uh, not so good, Jim. So, so how are you assisting a pastor in the city of the East down in Paraguay spread the gospel when you don't speak the language? Well, you know, we talk every single Thursday morning via Skype. And uh, I've actually taught him English over the last year. And uh, now it's his turn to teach me Spanish. So we've been talking about that. But, you know, for, for a long time, we worked through a, a translator. And um, now we just, uh, he's able to speak enough English that we can get by. And what we can't, can't figure out, we'll either use a translator. Usually somebody on the trip will be with us, will speak Spanish, or we'll use our, uh, our Google Translate on the phone. Well, that's pretty slick. I God, like that. God, God takes care of it. So you said you were doing really acts of service in the community in order to draw attention to Christ. Right. So what are some of those what are some of those things that you're doing? You said you mentioned you were teaching leadership, but did you do actually any physical stuff or was it all uh, mental stuff teaching? It was all this trip was all mental stuff. Okay. We we um we get out into the neighborhood and a lot of the the folks in the neighborhood have been um Seeing us for years that we come by and and uh, we'll come by we'll meet with them we'll we'll go visit them at their home and and pray with them and um, just kind of get to know them share 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 the gospel and when we're down there we always have a party in the schoolyard where they'll come to us and we'll hand out eye uh, eyeglasses readers mm-hmm. uh, for some of the folks and uh, we'll fit them for glasses and. And then we. Uh, so did you bring an optometrist with you? No, we just do we readers just just readers. Yep, okay, just readers. 
And uh, a lot of times we'll do health checks, things like that, blood pressure. This time we didn't. We just uh, we went down and and loved on the kids and loved on the people and really just shared the gospel. And that that was it. How many of them rubbed your head? <laughs> Quite a few. There's not a lot of bald people down there's there. There's not a lot of bald—no, there's, there's not a lot of bald white people down there, that's, that's right. for sure. I, that's I, right. I'm sure because, I mean, really, South Americans they have an incredible hair. Right, they do. I, 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 Lord, we're going to have to talk about that. Seriously, Father, why is it that— the white guys lose their hair. I mean, really, when you look at the, the rest of the the nations, I mean, the Chinese don't lose their hair. Right. So the Asians don't lose their hair. The Africans, the South Americans, they don't. why is it the white guys have to lose their hair? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I just, did you ever think about that? I mean, really, the other cultures, really, it is just the white people have to lose their hair. I don't know what the deal is. But as a fellow bald guy, so I'm well on my way. All right, so when you're teaching leadership, that's what you do every day at Red Rock, Red Rock Leadership. So how did you... You know, because some of leadership principles are cultural and some are just basic principles that are right out of the Bible. So how did you really infiltrate their culture with what you're trying to do? Tell me what you were specifically teaching. You said you're teaching leaders of the church and leaders in the community, too? That's right. So what we did was we worked in a university, and the, the sole purpose of, of working in a university is, first of all, for them to have an American come into their culture, into their university, and teach them leadership training was was kind of a big deal. I didn't realize how big of a deal it was, but they they wanted leadership. They wanted certificates to show that they completed the course. And uh, I went in, and it was two hours. I spoke to a translator and uh, you know someone who who interpreted for me. But I, I I literally just taught what I normally teach to folks here in the states, and and that is the idea of um, your reputation is supported by your character and. And uh, we talked about how to behave as a leader and the idea of collaborating and, and working through those five levels of emotional intelligence. And uh, they received every bit of it. We talked about perseverance and uh, how to live above reproach and, and all these kind of things. And uh, quite frankly, they ate it up. They really did. What were the biggest questions that you got from them? I mean, did you do a question, a question and answer session with them, too, or not? Uh, some. You know, it was— um, not a lot of uh, Q&A back and forth. There were a few little cl- uh, you know, clarification questions. Uh, most of it was just them receiving it. I mean, they were hungry for it. They really, really were. And, um, you know, there's a lot of stress in that culture, a lot of stress. Really? What's the stress driven by? Well, first of all, there, there's, no, there's really no middle class. It's either people are very, mm. very, very poor uh, or they're wealthy, and really the wealthy would be maybe the upper end of our middle class here. So it's um, there's 70% of the population in that country is less than the age of 30. And uh, a lot of fathers have left the culture, uh, gone. They're right on the tri-border of Argentina, Brazil, and Paraguay. So a lot of the fathers in the, in those families, they they, they go across the border, they, they, they move into trafficking or, or something like that because they can make more money or they could, and they'll leave their family. So you have a lot of stress from some, a lot of the women, there's a lot of stress, the, the moms, grandmothers, and, and mothers, and then children. And uh, so you have these kids are growing up and, and just, you know, not really having any direction and really understanding of, of, of you know, what's next for them in life. And uh, so I also went and worked in the jail, uh, got to disciple, uh, watch, watch pastor uh, disciple uh, a couple of guys in jail. Uh, real interesting story there. Um, well, tell so. us about that story. I mean, not many people get to go in jails here, and the foreign jails I've heard aren't near as beautiful as jails 
Yeah, it was it was quite the experience, uh, to say the least. I, I can't even um, you know begin to explain. It, it would be it, it'd take too long for me to explain the the conditions in the jail and and to, to justify everything I saw. It was really quite outrageous. But the one thing I will say is that that Pastor is um, is a guy who was. Um, He's got a he's got a big heart, and man, does he know the word? And he's just uh, he's just he just loves on people. Well, his his vision is to really make sure he gets out and and really works in that community. So he's got two guys that he knows in jail that he actually knew when they were younger, and he caught word that they were in jail, and he goes there tw- uh, twice a month and actually just just shares with them and and, and encourages them. And uh, one guy's got maybe about three years left. One guy, another guy may may have another eight years. And uh, wow, can you imagine? The, right. Uh, one guy's in his mid twenties. Another guy's in his upper thirties and late thirties. And but you know, pastors just there sharing with them and encouraging them. And uh, so we had an opportunity to witness that and, and be part of that. It was really cool. That is pretty cool. I, I don't. Yeah, that takes a brave soul. So in the jails, was it intimidating to go in these jails? Because I've heard they're not exactly sanitary, clean places that you want to live. No, it it was uh, it was not a very clean place, and it wasn't um, it wasn't intimidating for me. I, I've been I've done prison ministry before, so I had kind of known what to expect. I wasn't completely shocked by it. Um, I was appalled, but I wasn't I wasn't uh, completely you know, freaked out. Um, so I I was prepared, and and I had been to that city you know a lot for the last four years so for me there was i, I was okay about i was okay with it how many people are in the city I mean, we're talking a city of four or five million people um i i believe uh the the number was about two million okay. i believe was the number yep yeah a lot of people don't think about that but that's and that's two million in a spot the size of what here in tampa bay um you know what i would say my guess is maybe the size of just tampa the the just tampa the city not, not the greater area. yeah Talking today with Jeff Ruby with Red Rock Leadership. Red Rock Leadership is located right here in Tampa Bay and, and does a lot of great training. Jeff, talk about what you guys do in your office. Yeah, we uh, we provide leadership training, uh, sales training, customer service training. But we work with um, small, medium-sized companies, sometimes larger ones. And we, we have a training center. Uh, we also do some private training on site for companies and individuals. So uh, we are... Our, we grow companies, and the way we know how to grow companies is grow people inside those companies. And um, we 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 really stick to the 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 basis of what we what we teach from is is emotional intelligence or maturity, and that just has to do with five key skills, and uh, that's personal awareness, integrity, internal motivation, empathy, compassion, and social skills. And uh, so from from any of the training that we do, they all stem from that and then being able to persevere day to day to improve those skills. You mentioned that you've got it. You've got a training center, which is beautiful. And then you you go on site. And really what you did in Paraguay is you went on site. That's right. And and uh, of course, it wasn't a paid deal. It was a missionary deal. But were you teaching those same five skills, the five, you know, recognize the emotional intelligence? Is that what you were teaching down there in Paraguay? That's right. Yes. And you know, as as perseverance rises, then emotional intelligence rises, and that's that's what we were that's what we were teaching. So, how are you encouraging perseverance? I mean, perseverance is one of those things where, as a Christ follower, it's much easier to do than people without hope. So, where where are they gaining the strength to do perseverance? Well, the cool thing is, when we did work in the high school, I had an opportunity to share the gospel. So, um, down there in the schools, you can you can share you can share your faith. So, they encourage the the teachers actually encourage me. Uh, Because they knew that was that we were there with a church, um, 
actually La Roca, the church that we're working with down there, does a lot of work in this particular school, which has a primary school and a high school attached to it. But when we were there, uh, there was a lot of talk about persevering and and getting to know getting to know your Creator, getting to know Christ, and uh, how to build trust and uh, to be around people that you can trust. And um, and and that led to me sharing the gospel uh, when we were at the university, or, or when I teach this more on a secular basis. Uh, let it be, you know, teachers, whoever it might be, um, business people. Um, my, my thing is to always let people know, Hey, when, you know, we were all created and when we were created, when, when our brains were formed, uh, we were given the ability to have emotion and, and, and over time we were able to develop our logic. Well, um, we were also given the ability to persevere. And so for me, I, I, I put that out there to folks and, um, it's, that's my invitation for them to come and ask me questions later. And then when they ask me questions, I'll, 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 gladly share with them uh, my relationship with Christ and what that means to persevere. I love that. And what a great opportunity to be able to do that, not only here at home, but to do it you know, several thousand miles away from home. That's really pretty cool. Hey, thanks to Lisa from Tampa for listening to the show today. We'll get that copy of Halftime out to you. Thanks so much for calling in. So, Jeff, when you were down there and you're teaching on, on in this mission field, this is a mission field you, you said you've invested in the same community over the last five years, so you're starting to actually develop relationships. And again, you could walk through a town now and 12 months from now in a town down there in South America and people will remember you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're wearing Red Rock t-shirts. Oh, and they are? Because <laughs> yeah. you give them away when you're down there? Well, yeah. When we, te- you know, we teach and they've got their certificates hanging on the wall. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that pretty is cool. pretty cool. And you're making an impact like that. So when you're investing in those people, what is it that you see? I mean, they've got a hunger for what you're teaching them. Very much so. Very much so. So, you know, what you see are... Uh, People that they don't, it's, it's interesting because the, when I talk about the three levels of sort of maturity or the three levels of, mature, of, of, of emotional intelligence, I'm speaking about people that live in a defensive state, people who are loners, and then people who are leaders. And um, so people who are in a defensive state, they're laggards. And uh, there's a lot of, believe it or not, there's a lot of laziness. Well, there's a lot of laziness here, but there's a lot of laziness down there. And and, and people understand that, and they are looking and, and trying to have a better life. Well, you know, in, in the way that we interact as human beings, I mean, the best way to do that is through relationship. And, you know, my, my thing to always explain why I'm, whether I'm here or there is the best form of leadership is still servant leadership by example. Let somebody catch you taking care of someone else. And uh, they were interested. They, they, they leaned in on that one, and they wanted to know, really, what does that, you know, what does that entail? What does that mean? One of the main focuses that, that the overarching focus and, and point that was seemed to be made in the high school and in the university and in the church is uh, when you ask them, what does your reputation mean to you? And, you know, I, I know what people in the States here say, what, what does that mean? What does your, what does your reputation mean? People will answer, well, my reputation's everything. But down there, I wondered what they say. And I said, what does your reputation mean? And their answer was, everything. <laughs> and uh, so I said, well, do you know what your reputation is? And um, they, they wondered where I was going. I said, your reputation is what other people can see. Right. But what determines your reputation is your character. That's what people can't see. And so we, we really kind of dug in on what that, what that means to build your character and uh, shared some stories and, and just talked to them, all, all which related. Well, I love the fact 
that you were touching their lives right where they were at. And, and reputation, these are all people that were so hungry for a message, so hungry for just truth. And it, you, weren't just, you weren't just down there teaching the Bible. They can get that at their local church. You said La Roca was their, their church. Right. What does that stand for? Yeah. The Rock? The Rock. That's what I thought. Okay, all right. <laughs> ah, look at all the Spanish hey, I know. You're... All right, so what I love about the fact you're, you're, you're teaching them applicable skills, but it's what you do every day. So what you've just demonstrated to the audience is that it doesn't matter what we do in business here in the States. There are people all over the world hungering to hear what we know. Yeah, it, you know, we all have talents, and I, I think God gives us certain abilities. And um, y- y- God clearly showed me that that He wanted those abilities used on this mission field. And you know, it it took some time for the trust to get built down there for me to be able to to do this. And it really wasn't anything I really longed for. In fact, I think when when it was probably first laid on my heart, if anything, I sort of pushed it away and said, you know, I, I just don't, I don't know if I could do that. I mean, I can't speak, can't speak the Spanish, you know, speak Spanish. I can't, uh, how am I going to relate to that culture? Uh, you know, there's a lot of different dynamics, but, um, the more uh, the more I prayed about it, the more he opened and showed me. No, this is. And, and matter of fact, the pastor down there was when he came up here in March, and him and I, he, I brought him over to my training center and did a little leadership training for him. Um, he was the one that said, "We we got to we got to take this into into the into the community down there." The interpreter that you have has to be pretty top notch because you use a lot of words that are not common English words. I mean, people don't walk. I don't know. I know because this is where you live, but people don't walk around talking about emotional intelligence all the time. Right. They don't talk about resilience. They're not talking about empathy. They might talk about compassion, but the personal awareness. I mean, those. Did you have to explain those concepts to your interpreters so they understood what you were saying so that they could do an interpretation? Well, what's really amazing about this and only something God could do but we uh and when we we're putting our team together it was a, it was a bit of a challenge this year getting our team together it was just there was a lot of people that kind of came onto the team committed to it and then dropped off the team and and uh and I just kept praying through it and at one point I didn't I really wasn't really sure if we were even going to have a team and and uh so one of the the gentlemen that jumped on the team is interesting uh he's in leadership training and uh, he does with you at Red Rock Leadership. No, okay, <laughs> no. As a matter of fact, he goes to my church. I go to oh, Idlewild. He's also a leadership leader trainer, right? Okay, and he, you know, so we both go to Idlewild. That's so. And great when, church up there in Lutz. So if you're up in Lutz and you're looking for a great church, there's a couple of great ones up there. Uh, uh, Grace Family and uh, Idlewild, both great churches, good good reputations. V- very much. And so when when I got the call that hey, listen, uh, I want to go on this trip with you. And we got to know each other. What do you do? He says, well, I do leadership training. And he, he does leadership training for managers for a company that, uh, that for, for a particular company. So he's not an independent consultant like myself. So what was interesting as we began to uh, plan the trip and learn that we we're going to do this, uh, when we got on the field, you know, he being able to, sp- being already speaking some of this, some of these terms himself and the pastor who had heard me talk about it before, along with the fact that the pastor beginning to understand English um, God completely put this thing together, and it just came out virtually flawless. It was fantastic. Jeff, I, I just think it's fantastic because people really need to recognize the fact that we as business people, we have a lot to offer. And I know you, you did, all you got to focus on was leadership. You didn't get to talk about sales training or customer service training? No. Is that it, the next trip or what? <laughs> no, just uh, I, I don't know. Who knows what the next trip is, but it was, all, it was purely leadership training. When you look at the... Uh, the response to the people. You said that they didn't ask you a lot of questions, but they had to have talked to you afterwards. I mean, you know, through your interpreter. I mean, was this stuff they'd ever heard before? 
No, I, you know, I, I don't think so. It was um, it was so fresh to them, and um, you know, the idea of of teaching people what trust is and how to build trust and mm-hmm. what collaboration means and how to work together and um, you know, I think they 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 long for it. And but you know, there's one of the things when I when I teach leadership, um, and I think the reason why it's so applicable and and we can do it for teens or we can do it for you know, business owners or, or anybody in between is because we're really focusing, I'm really focusing when I teach leadership on, on, on basic principles of just living life. And, and so, you know, one of the things I always tell people, whether I'm there or here, is that when, when you are, um, when you're learning how to lead, you, you, it first has to affect you personally. You've got to be able to be affected personally in your personal life. And a lot of people down there are really they, they need that they need that pickup in their life. Um, they need to know you know wh- how to how to run a family, what to do at home. You know how do they? These people are working ten hour days, six days a week, and then going to school after that. You know, adults just and so like I said, a lot wow. of stress, a lot of confusion for not a lot of money, and, uh, and they're living in a noisy city. Usually, it's uh, crazy to drive, crazy. To, yeah. I mean, everything about their lives are crazy. Right, everything. Yeah, no stop signs. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I've I've been in I've been in several I've been in Costa Rica I've been in the Dominican those are only two well okay I've been in the Bahamas yet yeah, stoplights even if they had them it would matter anyway right that's right yeah I, I, it's I don't even know how people survive driving I mean I think driving around here is crazy and it is in case you're in your car today talk about you know most people when they go on a short term mission trip they don't have they're doing a project they're doing a physical project you got an opportunity to use your business skills on the field a lot of things people talk about well we went down there we shared the gospel we went door to door and because they're looking at the impact they're making on the community but a lot of times what's most significant about the short term mission trips is the impact on you i mean it is it's always awesome if you can leave an impact on the community and you can really bring people to Christ. I mean, that's great. And supporting a local church, which is great, so it's not depending on you. What was your impact? What was the impact on Jeff Ruby? Well, you know, I have to, I want to point to the devotion that we had when we were down there. Um, I, since I was a leader, I had to prepare to the devotion, and and I, I really prayed about, you know, what I was going to do and what I was going to bring to the field for my team. And he led me to Nehemiah, and we ended up doing a uh, devotion to Nehemiah, and we called it uh, Broken Walls, Broken People. And just an amazing, uh, it was just amazing how God showed us throughout the week uh, the, 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 the lives down there that needed, you know, the, the, there's no walls, there's no protection, right? Um, you, you know, here, no matter how bad it gets here, you still can... You know, as believers, you can go into your church, you can you can go into your neighborhood, you can feel relatively safe around the people that you know, people that you community with, um, you know, other fellow believers, things like that. Down there, they don't have that, and so um, you you have these kind of broken walls, kind of an idea, and and then and then when there's broken walls and people are exposed, and you've got all these different infiltration of different ideas and um, you know, different things being thrown at them, and uh, you know, different ways to think, different ways to live, different things to believe in. Uh, they, they, they. There's really a lack of trust. So, you know, as as we as we kind of walked through that devotion with Nehemiah, it, it really was fascinating uh, throughout the week. How every every time we opened up that devotion, it, God was showing us in Scripture what we were seeing on the mission field. You know, in today's in today's terms. So, for me, 
I was, you know, you asked me today, you said, boy, you seem, you seem more mellow. Are you tired from your mission trip? I have to tell you something. I, I didn't come back from this mission trip with the uh, camp high, if you will, that, mm-hmm. that, that I normally came back with. I came back with an understanding that, man, I tell you what, when you witness broken walls and broken lives, and, uh, you know, you see that our purpose in life is to help sustain and build relationships. That's our, that's our purpose. Um, it's not to make a buck. It, it's not, it's not, not to, not to take your, you know, business, you know, public or, or whatever it might be. I mean, all those things are, are nice to haves and those are things that we have to do and, and we're called to do. But I'll tell you what, I've really been reflecting a lot on the fact that, you know, as we help build those walls back up and build those people, we saw three people get baptized. And then I came back, talked to pastor this morning, they were baptized three more people just based on some of the things that we did when we were down there. It's just like, wow, you know, it's just when people come to know Christ and they, they come to build that Christian community around them, people's lives change and, and they become happy and joyful. And, uh, well, they've so, got a purpose. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm still, I'm still in awe. I'm just, Still just taking it in. It's it's cool to be used, and that's that's really what I wanted to make sure people understood today, that you just took what God has done in your life and shared it with other people, yeah. and God used that. Yeah. And, and the cool part is, the cool part is, He can use us despite us, and that's what I love. I mean, as yes. often I'll hear about stuff, I got a text message from somebody last night who was at a church who watched a friend of mine get baptized, which I found out about at the last minute. And this person goes, he gave you credit because you told him to go to that church. I'm like, well, I just, he just asked for a good church. I didn't know what kind of impact it was going to make on his life. I just was trying to connect him up with a great little church. And, and, and it was just a random text. So it's fun to know that you're being used. And it's all to God's credit because yep. he's the one that gave us all the intelligence that we have. A- amen. All of it. All of it. And, you know, I can't take credit for any of it. And I, and I especially don't want people hearing me on the show and thinking, wow, you know, here he is promoting his business and he's doing this. And but you have to understand that if you, if you know my heart, you know that, um, listen, I don't take credit for any of this. I don't even take credit for what God is doing through my business because, I, yes, I work hard, but but he's given me the ability to work hard and he's even given me the ability to be obedient. So I, I never, ever want there to be an ounce of, you know, Oh, well, look how great Jeff is or wow, that what a great guy he is. I mean, really, truly I'm, I'm not, you know what I mean? The only reason I'm, I'm any bit of good is because he lives in me. So that's, that's important that, that people know that. Well, and, and I think people recognize that because everybody knows that we're, you know, every one of us is sinners and, and, and we're saved by grace and Christ working in us, our lives since we've been touched by Christ have never been the same. Right. And that's the cool part is what he's and and that we're in very different fields. You're teaching people leadership all the time. I'm working with leaders trying to get them to make good business decisions, hooking them up with bu- businesses that can help grow their business. I, you know, every day I'm having conversations just challenging people. And a lot of times I'll go back to and say, I'm glad your business is working good, but how's your marriage? Right. Right. <laughs> I'm, al- I'm always going back to that question because I don't care if somebody's business is doing well, if their marriage is a mess, you know what? Yeah, neat. that's more important. No question about it. But that's hard for people to recognize. Though. It is. So when you are working with different people and you're teaching different things, you have gone through really a transformation since you really started walking with the Lord. It was 2008 or 2009. I'm well, to 2005, I, I came to know Christ. In 2007 um, is when I know I, I surrendered to him. Okay. So since 2007, so eight years. When you look at how you led eight years ago, 
at Red Rock Leadership. You didn't have Red Rock. It's not even eight years old, is it? No. No. Nope. Okay. So when did you launch Red Rock Leadership? 2010. Okay. So, okay, let's just look at that because I, I, I think there's been a noticeable difference even in the last five years. So when you look at how you led before Christ or even at the beginning of Christ and where you lead today, how has it changed? I mean, what have you learned about the Christ perspective of being a leader in a business? Well, okay. So, you know, every day I learn that it's not about me, but I have to learn that every day. <laughs> and, um, you know, but <laughs> I like that, you know, um, I, I, it took me a long time to understand that, um, you know, that, that, that I wasn't a legend in my own mind. And, uh, um, well, you were a legend in your own mind. You just weren't a legend in anybody else's mind. Yeah. Right. But you know, even that, I mean, I, I just, it's, um, it's the deconstruction of, of, of the Jeff Ruby ego. Right. And, um, you know, one of the things that I am constantly just, you know, focusing on is, is the cross. I truly, I mean, I can't, uh, you know, I, when I think about, like I had a conversation with a guy, uh, last week and, you know, it was the same kind of thing. We went, we went and had some lunch and he wanted to get some advice from me. He didn't really know too much about me. He wanted to get some advice from me about his marriage. And, uh, and, you know, basically he wanted to know how he could protect his business in the event he was going to get a divorce. And, and, you know, I came back around, I said, listen, man, let me just tell you that, uh, you know, I know that you find imperfections in your wife and she finds imperfections in you. But the reality is you, you got to, you guys got to meet at the cross because you got to find perfection at the cross. And when you both look at the cross, you find perfection. And and then that's how you're going to get, that's how you're going to come, come back together. So to answer your question uh, about how I'm different, you know, I was always really good and still, sometimes still am very, very good at noticing everybody's imperfections. And so any of my friends and family that are listening to me right now, they're, they're all nodding their heads and saying, oh, yeah, he, he, he's really good at recognizing everybody's imperfections. But the one thing that, that I constantly am, am, am focusing on and praying about my quiet time and just kind of focusing is that you know, God is perfect and I am imperfect. And, yes, the people around me are imperfect, but, but he's given me the ability to be compassionate. And I need to focus on that on a daily basis and, and recognize that, you know, there's things going on. I'm reading through Job right now and Job's friends. So I read, I read and I think I'm, I'm like, oh my goodness, I think I might be one of Job's friends. You know, I mean, they, they, it wasn't that they weren't speaking the truth, but they were doing it without any kind of compassion, understanding and, and even listening and hearing, giving any merit to what Job was maybe saying. And, you know, I, I was for, for a long time and still s- struggle with that, but, uh, that's what I focus on, and that's what I'm, I'm working on as, as being a better leader. It's safe to say before Christ you didn't have a lot of compassion in you? I, I, I'd say that it, if it was there, it certainly didn't, was not active. It didn't surface very right. often. Okay. I love what you said about the deconstruction of Jeff Ruby. That's The cool part is God does want to deconstruct the damage that's been done by sin in our lives, but he wants to reconstruct us, restore us, to the image of his son. Amen. And, and that's the cool part. You know, I, the other, I want to go to the other thing you said, because you were talking to this business owner who wanted to protect his business in case his marriage fell apart. How twisted is that in our society that that's more often the conversation than I want to protect my marriage, I don't care if my business falls apart. Right. <laughs> because that's what we need to twist the paradigm yeah. shift. And that's really one of the things I'm doing and I work for him every Tuesday. We're talking about marriage and relationships because, you know what? If God wants you to be in business, it's going to be in business, but... You made a commitment at the altar to be married. That's it. For your children, for your wife, your your husband. Stop worrying about your business because all of that burns. 
Yep. But your relationship with the Lord may be damaged, and your kids may be screwed up forever if you let your marriage go. That's right. So don't don't be meeting with a lawyer to see how you can protect your business. If you can, maybe you should be doing something to protect your marriage. And there's all kinds of great resources out there. Jeff, you made some great points in this last segment, and I want to bring them up as we get ready to close the show. You talked about how it's no longer since you came to Christ, it's no longer about you. That God has been busy deconstructing the old Jeff Ruby and rebuilding the new Jeff Ruby. And it, and, and it, I love how he's worked hard on you to develop compassion. And that's one of the things, if if I would notice anything about Christ followers, true Christ followers, all of a sudden we come we become mushy on the inside because God has done so much for us. Right. We want to do it for others. Yeah. Amen. Amen. When you look at um, the ability to impact business leaders here and overseas, I guess that's, is that overseas? It's overseas. You got to fly overseas, but it's really connected to the same, you know, landmass that we're on. What do you think is next for you? As far as missions, yeah, just yeah. What is well? How's God going to use it next? You know, I don't know. Um, what James four fifteen is is what I uh, what I what I sort of stick to that says you know you, you don't know what uh, you don't know if you're going to have tomorrow, and uh, so I, I I sort of hang on that, and um, I you know I really have a passion for working with with teens um, and and working with with young people, and I think the more. I continue to pray through that. The more God shows me opportunities there. But uh, my plans, if God willing, I want to get back down to Paraguay. I can't wait to get back down there next year. You know, I think the next show that we do as we close out is for you to bring some of those teens that have gone through your leadership workshop at Red Rock Leadership, bring some of them in with you. Oh, that'd be great. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Jeff, thanks for coming on today. (laughs) Thank you, Jim. As we come to the end of our I Work For Him show, every day we try to tackle a topic that'll challenge how you and I look at our workplace and we did that today thanks so much to Ace Andrews for taking the calls and keeping us on time he always does such a great job our show sponsors keep the show on the air every day please take a look at them we're going to have a a pop-up banner on our website with all of them on there but we're talking about most insurance Bel Air Wealth Management Crown College and Trust Services check them out and when you're on our website would you consider joining the I Work For Him Nation Hey, what did you learn today about your faith and how it impacts your workplace? You know, we learned today that God can use the very skills that we use every day in our workplace here in the States. And God can use those skills in the third world on a short-term missions trip because people in the third world are hungry for knowledge. They're hungry, hungry for stuff we take advantage of every day that we, that we don't even think of. Knowledge. Yes, they're hungry for food. They're hungry for that too. But knowledge is power in a lot of ways. And, and Jeff taking his skills in teaching leadership and going to Paraguay to use them, God just used something he, he didn't have to practice for. He just used what was already a passion on his heart, and he used that in the mission field to help build up a body of Christ in another country. God can do the same thing with you. What is your skill set? How are you making an impact in your workplace? And how does that translate into another country? How can you get it done? Get signed up for a short-term missions trip and see about the impact on your life. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower, and I own my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.